We're in the middle of a series that's called When God When. And we've been looking at the life of Abraham because he had to wait 25 years from the time a promise was given to when the promise was fulfilled. And we've really learned some great lessons along the way. And you can go back and watch those messages, listen to them. But this morning, under this title of When God When, I want to talk to you out of the life of Abram about being in God's school of experience. God's school of experience. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 and following kind of condenses what Abraham did in this time of waiting. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact And I love that. He didn't pretend the reality of what was going on in his life, in his circumstances, and even in his body and in Sarah's body. He didn't pretend it wasn't happening. He didn't deny the facts. He faced the fact, but then chose faith over and above the facts. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. You might want to just put that in the message, reaffirm it. I'm believing the promise of God. But he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. I love that. God has power to do what he's promised you in your life and in your circumstances. And as we can see here, God gives us incredible promises, but then he leads us through challenging processes. That's God's school of experience, preparing us for the fulfillment of the promise. And then he brings us into abundant provision. And understanding something about the timing of God is really important because the writer of Ecclesiastes says that Solomon, he has made everything beautiful in his time. There's something about the timing of God in our lives. And we can experience frustration in the lead up to it. But when you actually step into God's timing, it's perfect. It's beautiful. To possess God's promise, you're going to have to go through God's process. To possess God's promise, you're going to have to go through God's school of experience where you learn some things. And just like school, you're not going to graduate until you learn the lesson. And then perhaps there's some people here this morning and you kind of feel you're stuck. Well, perhaps a simple prayer is, God, what lesson should I be learning right now that I'm missing? Would you just reveal to me the lesson I need to be learning? Because what are you willing to go through to get God's promise? How long are you willing to wait to get God's promise. And one of the big things is trust is what you do while you're waiting. And if you wait the right way before God, you actually become stronger. That's what it said about Abraham. But look at Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Maybe you're feeling exhausted about life, exhausted about God's promise. Well, today is a day to make a fresh commitment to say, God, I'm going to trust you as I wait. I'm going to trust you as I wait. And God promises you'll get new strength. You'll soar high 
on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. There's a statement that Jesus makes about many being called, but few chosen. And it's kind of a troubling thing. And it's not about God's election because He calls us to this journey of faith. He's calling you to this journey of faith. And the issue of chosen is, do you qualify? Do you actually learn the lesson that allows you to step into all that God has called you? The call is there. But if you don't go through the process, God's school of experience, you're not going to get the fulfillment of the promise. Many are called, but few qualify themselves. Few are chosen. You see, long before you ever chose God, uh, if you haven't already done that, you'll be given an opportunity later in the service just to say yes to Jesus. But in that choosing, you need to know long before you did that or do that, God chose you. He chose you even if you didn't realize it or even before you realize it. I love Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Even before the world was made, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. You need to know this morning, whatever your struggle is, whatever the process is that you're going through, whatever's happening in God's school of experience, God loves you and He chose you and He's looking for you to respond to Him. For many are called, but few are chosen. Few qualify themselves. And God's not going to manipulate you. He's not going to try and control you or even force you to love and serve Him. But He is going to give you an opportunity to respond to Him, to respond to the call, to respond to that promise that is wanting to work in and through your life. And the sad thing in terms of that verse, many are called and few are chosen. You can actually lose your destiny by being unresponsive to God. Now, it's not a thing like that. It's not like you walk in along a tightrope across Niagara Falls and one wrong step. God is incredibly gracious. And we're going to see that through this message this morning. But He wants you to respond to Him. And maybe you've drawn back, maybe because of hurt or disappointment or whatever, the circumstances of your life, you've drawn back. Well, take a step of faith again and say, God, I'm going to put your trust in you during this process so that I can see the fulfillment of the promise. In Luke 17 and verse 32, Jesus said, don't forget the example of Lot's wife and what happened to her when she turned back. And the whole of the Old Testament is written for us to learn something powerful as New Testament believers. And as God was leading her forward, she turned back. She longed to go back. And instead of looking ahead, she was looking backwards. And she turned into a pillar of salt. You see, God is calling you out of your comfort zone. And none of us like that. We, we like hearing and reading inspiring stories of people stepped out but we don't like coming out of the comfort zone because it's comfortable. But God wants you to step out of your comfort zone, leave your comfort zone. And that's where Abraham's life begins, this encounter with God. And we're going to kind of do a quick helicopter view over Abraham's life and just pull out a few lessons. I'm not going to be able to expand on them for any great length, but just keep moving. Look at this. 
By faith, Abram, when called to go to the place, obeyed and went. He got called out of Ur of the Chaldees. Life was comfortable. And now he becomes a nomad, traveling to where God is going to give him the promise of a son and a land. And even though he didn't know where he was going, he went anyway. He obeyed and went. And God messes with our comfort zone. I love something that C.S. Lewis said. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain, in our discomfort. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Dare I say a deaf believer. Maybe in the discomfort, God is speaking and you need to say, Lord, speak to me. Help me to take this step of faith. Help me to put my trust in you again. As I said, we're going to look at some things out of Abram's life. And I love that the paths that God invites us to travel are ancient paths. Somebody has gone before and we can look at Abram's life, Joseph's life, other people like that and learn some lessons. And the thing that I want to assure you is that Abram wasn't perfect. He messed up along the way. His faith journey wasn't perfect, even though he's called the father of faith. And despite not understanding God at times, despite getting frustrated with God, despite stumbling at times, he kept following. That was one of the things he got up and he just went back on track again, despite falling. And your weakness is a great backdrop for God's glory. God will work with you as long as you say, God, I'm getting up and I'm going to start following again. I turn back, but I'm turning around. I'm following again. One of the things we begin to realize as we look at these highlights of Abram's life is that God may not be recognized easily in our circumstances, but he reveals himself every single time you take a step of faith. The first lesson is one that we can all identify with when you make wrong choices. And Abram responds to God. He travels a great distance, but under pressure, he makes a wrong choice. Watch this. Genesis 12 and verse 10. Abram went down. Everybody go down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. The famine is severe. He's under extraordinary pressure but he goes down to Egypt. And there's a lesson in this, never depend on Egypt, which is a symbol of the world. Don't have time to expand on all of that this morning, but don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to the world in a time of trouble. Don't try and find comfort there. But I love the way, again, Abram realizes his mistake. And Genesis 13, verse 1 through 4, Abram went up from Egypt. He'd gone down to Egypt, but now he's coming up out of Egypt. And he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place where he first built an altar. And I love that. He's coming back to that place of fresh commitment, of new beginnings. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And here's the first revelation as he takes a step of faith. The word Lord there is the covenant name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah, as some pronounce it. And Abram called on the name of the Lord. He's got a revelation. I'm in covenant with God. 
So wrong choices. What about personal conflict? I know all of you, all your relationships are sweet and perfect and there's no stress in any of them anyway. Not true. Abraham and Lot, their servants descend into a, a, a vicious conflict and Abraham refuses to live in a place of conflict. And he takes a step of faith. Being the elder, being the leader, he could have said, I'm choosing this part of the land because they're arguing over land for their herds. And you take that. And he says, no, Lot, you choose. Because what he's saying, Lot, you don't control my destiny. God controls my destiny. And he says, if you go to the left, to the left, get that right. <laughs> I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And listen to this, Genesis 13, 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had departed from him, here comes the revelation. The step of faith brings the revelation of God. Look around from where you are. I love those words. God doesn't say to him, you should be much further along in your journey. You should be there or you should be there. He says, lift up your eyes from where you are. And I hope that's a word of freedom, of encouragement to somebody who's living in guilt this morning, going, I should be there. I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. God says, no, just lift up your eyes from where you are in the journey, in my school of experience, and I'll meet with you. And all the land you see, I'll give to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of memory at Hebron where he pitched his tents and there he built an altar to the Lord. Again, reminding himself of the power of the covenant God that he's in relationship with, the covenant God that you're in relationship with. So he makes some wrong choices. He has to deal with personal conflict. Anybody identifying with that? And then there's unexpected battles. Abraham's just kind of in the comfort place of life. Things are good. And suddenly a coalition of kings that have come all the way from kind of the Persian region come and just invade, conquering, taking slaves. And along the way, they capture Lot and his family. And when Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, this isn't his battle. It's an unexpected battle. He didn't ask for it. He didn't provoke it. He didn't attack the kings. They attacked him and his family. He called down 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. So he's traveling a long distance pursuing. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. And again, notice this, here comes the revelation. Take a step of faith and there's a revelation of God in it. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid. You're going to face unexpected battles, but don't be afraid. Abram, I'm your shield and your great reward. I love that. Don't be afraid. You've been in a battle. You'll be in more battles in this journey of faith, but don't be afraid. I'm your shield and your reward. So there's wrong decisions, there's personal conflict, there's unexpected battles. But what about fateful mistakes? And we all know one of the big ones with Abram and Sarah. They're waiting and waiting, the sun doesn't come. So Sarah comes up with an idea, you can read it for yourself in Genesis 16. She says, the Lord has kept me from having children. So go sleep with my servant, perhaps I will build a family through her. 
and Abraham agreed to what Sarah has said. The interesting thing is Hagar is an Egyptian. Remember when he went down to Egypt? They picked up a servant there. And when you bring something back from the world, back from Egypt into the relationship with God, it can lead you astray. It seemed like a good idea, this was Sarah's idea. But the minute the child is born, pain and conflict and all sorts of things begin to happen in the household. But I love something that Billy Graham said about our mistakes, and we all make them. Each life is made up of perfect decisions. No, he said each life is made up of mistakes and learning, waiting and growing, practicing patience and being persistent. And to cut a long story short, Hagar flees with her child, Ishmael, and she feels lost in a desert, but God reaches out to her and she encounters God again as she takes the step of faith to go back to the household and her story gets told in the household. They learn this lesson together. She says, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I've seen the one who sees me. And I know this morning there are people listening to this message, whether in that auditorium, online, watching on delay, where you kind of feel lost that nobody sees you. Well, you need to know there's a God in heaven who sees you and you can see him. You can encounter him. The biggest one in Abraham's life is this prolonged silence. And Abraham was 99 years old. This is Genesis 17, when the Lord appeared to him and he said, I'm almighty God, El Shaddai, walk before me faithfully and be blameless or walk wholeheartedly. That's what the word blameless means. And we forget that actually 13 years have passed from the last time there's a record of God speaking to Abram, Genesis 15. And I think one of the most difficult things in our lives when we're on this journey of faith is when God just seems to be silent. And it's not that He's forgotten you. He just wants you to live by faith in the promise, going through His school of experience, learning the lessons, getting qualified to receive the fullness of the promise. And in a sense, the purest kind of faith is trusting God when He's silent and when you don't understand. The purest kind of faith is trusting God when God's silent and you don't understand. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I want you to notice the brave and courageous has to ha do with how you wait. And often in the waiting, the, bra the bravest thing, the most courageous thing you can do is just keep trusting. Not rushing out, trying to fix the thing, not creating an Ishmael, but just trusting. And then there's the lesson of painful obedience. This has been an interesting conversation, this fresh revelation from God. And God says, Abram, I want to seal this covenant between you and me. And you need to have a symbol, a sign of a sealed covenant. So I want you to get circumcised, you and your whole household. And Abraham must have said, excuse me, what's circumcision? What's that? And God tells him and he goes, are you serious? Like, are you serious? And then Abraham goes home to Sarah and says, God's spoken to me for 13 years. He has, he's just spoken. And she says, what did he say this time? 
He tells her and he go, she goes, well, good luck with that and the rest of the men. Try to convince them about that. But God says this circumcision will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And there's always pain in our journey with God. Sometimes obedience is painful. This step of faith, this step of obedience was painful for Abraham, for the household. And it's not anything that Jesus didn't suffer. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knew the pain and the suffering would be worth it. But he still had a moment. I want you to hear this. Jesus, fully God, fully man, in this moment where He's confronted with the fullness of what He's going to suffer on the cross for our forgiveness, for our cleansing, for our eternal salvation. The reason He's come to the planet, He still has a moment, a moment of, whoa, this is going to be painful. And He prays this prayer, God, if there's any other way of doing this, Please let's go that way. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. You see, it's all right to have a moment in the middle of painful obedience. As long as you make the call a decision, God, I don't really enjoy this. I'm not wanting this. But because you've called me and I want to be chosen, I want to see the fulfillment of the promise. I'm willing to endure the pain. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That could be a great prayer for you today. And finally, there's the fulfillment of the promise. It's recorded in Genesis 21. It's not the end of Abram's journey, but it's where I'm ending today. There's the fulfillment of the promise that took 25 years. And in it, Abram had cried out on numerous occasions, when God, when? He tried to help God. He went through all the steps that I've touched on today, this helicopter view of his life. And it simply says this, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, as he had promised. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. The Lord will do for you what he has promised. If you'll just graduate through his school of experience, if you'll just go through the process. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abram in his old age at the very time God had promised. Notice this thing of timing and fulfillment of promise. It's been one of the key thoughts in these messages in the series. At the very time God had promised him. And Sarah said, God brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. You see, there's joy in the fulfillment of the promise. There's laughter awaiting you in the fulfillment of the promise. But you've got to go through God's school of experience. And the biggest thing is learning to trust Him, to put your trust in Him. And that's God's currency, trust, faith. It's how we engage with Him. It's not with works. It's not by trying to be good. It's not through religious behavior. It's through faith. And today, if you've never ever done it, you can put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. God will forgive your sins. He'll give you a brand new start and He'll give you the gift of eternal life. You may have turned back. You may have got off course. You may have gone down to Egypt. You may have tried to solve things yourself. But you can turn around and say, God, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. 
The Bible says, if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation.